0: Usually when we're in the auditorium and we're all together, there's this big sigh of disappointment when we cut that clip. And so if you're with other people right now, maybe you were feeling that sigh. Um, One thing I'd like to mention as we we enter into our next time, for kids, kids, to get your shekels today, to get your shekels, just provide some sort of evidence that you were here today. Fill out your booklet or take a picture of your family watching the movie, something. Just give some sort of evidence and send that to Kelly, Teacher Kelly. Alrighty, We have a movie quiz for you. So if you're, um, get ready to to put your answer in the chat room. It's going to be an A, B, or C. So get ready to chat. And I want to know where do dumplings originate? Do they originate from Korea, but it was North Korea before it was separated from the South? Did it originate from China during the Han Dynasty? Or did it originate from Italy, but they had a different name. They called them ravioli. Which one? I'll give you a few more seconds here. We have a lot of bees, I think. A lot of bees. All right. If you guessed B, you're correct. They originated from China a long time ago during the Han Dynasty. Our verse, or our, our lesson today comes um, from this one specific verse in Philippians 1:6 that says, "I am sure of this: that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ." I want to talk about the training that we saw between Master Shifu and Poe. Master Shifu was trying all these normal methods that he had used with the other five, and it wasn't working really well. But then he walks in, and he discovers that Poe can not only do a full split, but he was able to do it 10 feet off the ground with one special motivation, and that was a jar of cookies. Okay, so he, Master Shifu realizes that there's a different way. There's a new way that he needs to train Po. So he takes him out and he shows him that once he is trained, that he can have these dumplings. And so he's doing all this training and and everything. And then he finally says, you can eat, right? But he can't just take the dumpling. He has to actually use his training against Master Shifu. So Master Shifu gives him the dumplings, but then he puts what seems like all of these obstacles in the way. They're doing kicks and flips and jumps through the air and dumplings are flying everywhere. And even though Master Shifu says you can eat, it seems like he's actually putting these uh, distractions in his way. He, um, He... went where Poe was at. So Poe was not going to come to where he was. So he met Poe where Poe was at. He used his stomach. He used the dumplings. He used his motivation and came to him where he was at. And my experience with God has been kind of similar. Okay, Many of you know that I was a teacher here in Korea for quite a long time and even teaching here at the Nations. And God actually prepared me to be a teacher Way back when I was in high school, um, God gave me some musical talent. I used to play the trumpet, okay, and I got the chance to um, even work at my school after it was it was a very competitive school we We competed at the state competitions and all of this and after I graduated, I was actually able to volunteer and stay on staff and and teach the younger kids how to play trumpet, how to march and I could have played the trumpet in the university band. I could have used that to become an, a music teacher. Um, and it was one of the things that I was thinking about. But um, there was one thing that I thought. I thought teachers were poor. That was my thought. And I was 18 years old. I didn't want to be poor. And to think about being a teacher, that they always talked about how they were struggling for money and all of this. I didn't want that. And so I wanted to be a business person. In my mind, I thought that if I could study business and I could be this great business person, that I would, I don't i don't know if I was wanting to be rich, but I wouldn't be poor. I would be able to support myself very well. And so I'm not sure that God told me I could pursue business or if I just kind of took it on myself and, and didn't really ask. But to make a, um, yeah, so I... I would, and I spent about eight years between uh, university and internship and starting my career. I spent about eight years pursuing this um, business uh, career. But there were so many obstacles in my way. There were um, difficulties at my job. The schooling was very easy for me, but there were difficulties in my work. And so I felt like there were... Um, some obstacles in the way. I felt like God was saying, you know, gave me this talent in university to study business, but then I had obstacles when I was in my career. And to make a long story short, he, I I ended up becoming a teacher here in Korea. It was a much longer path. You know, God could have done it in just a few years, but I took about eight or 10 years to do it. Um, But that's, that's the path I took. I also knew probably 10 or 15 years ago that God wanted me to work in the missions field. But I was scared. And again, this thing came in is I didn't want to be poor. And I had this, I had this mindset that, um, as many of you know, like missionaries need to go and raise support. They need to ask churches and ask individuals um, to support the work. And, and I saw this as begging for money. And I didn't want to be a beggar. I, I, I didn't want to just be asking people. I didn't want to have those, um, you know, awkward conversations with people and awkward relationships. And so I wanted to do it on my own. And so I spent years here in Korea saving up a lot of money. And I, I tried to, you know, start a business. And I tried to invest. And I tried all of these things so that I could support my ministry myself. My thought was that if I could raise enough money and I could build a business and I could build investments that that I could support myself and when I became uh uh supported well enough by myself that I could go in and I could work in ministry um God let me get a little bit he gave me some little successes but um uh, and he he let me know what it was like to do it on my own he let me um he 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 let me succeeded a few things, but then there were a number of obstacles. And the Bible tells us not to be distracted by the deceitfulness of wealth. But I I knew that verse. I taught that verse, but I didn't think it was talking with me because my, I was like, oh, it's okay because I'm, I'm building this wealth so that I can go be in ministry. It was, I'm, I'm different. That's not talking to me. Um, but that's, it's not the way it worked out. Um, And But, you know, I found that God was still meeting me where I was at. He was still guiding me. And that brings us to point one, is that God meets us where we are, but we still have to choose to follow him. So even though I was kind of in my own path, God still kept drawing me back, drawing me back, teaching me that, that his ways are better. But I still had to make a choice, and eventually I did, to follow him. There's a couple other examples that we find. You know, um, when Jesus was calling on his disciples, many of them were fishermen, okay? And so for the fishermen, he met them where they were at, and he used parables about fishing. He provided miracles about miraculous catches of fish. He calmed storms. He even walked on water because these men that he was talking to were fishermen, and this was where he needed to meet them, so that they could understand uh, what he was saying. We know that our great commission in life is to make disciples of all nations. But to the fishermen, here's what he said to them. It's still, you're going to make disciples, but here's the words he used in Matthew 4.19. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. So fishing for people is making disciples. But he didn't say make disciples. He met them where they were, and he said, I'm going to make you fish for people. He was using their language. There's a famous story about a Samaritan woman at a well drawing water. And, and she's thirsty, and, and she wants water. And Jesus is talking about water that you drink, and you'll never get thirsty. John 4.14 says, But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of uh, well of water springing up for him in eternal life. He met he met this woman where she was at her desire for water. There's one um, called Thomas, and he he doubted that Jesus had been raised from the dead. And Jesus wants us to believe he's been raised from the dead without any proof. He he wants us to have faith and to trust, but with Thomas. He said, I don't believe until I see the scars in Jesus' hand. But rather, uh, uh, Jesus gave it to him. Jesus showed him the scars, showed him that he had been raised from the dead. Even though Thomas didn't believe, he showed him. He met Thomas where he was at. You know, at the end of that whole scene, going back to Poe and Master Shifu, at the end of that scene, he's doing all this, and finally Poe gets... In his chopsticks, that dumpling that he had fought and trained so hard for. But the funny thing is, he didn't even want it. He tosses it back to Master Shifu. He wanted Kung Fu more than he wanted that dumpling. He was following his leader. He was being trained, and he wanted the same thing that Master Shifu wanted. Jesus wants the same as us, or same of us. He wants... All of us. He wants us to use these obstacles, to use these distractions, to use these struggles that we have in life, to draw closer and closer to Him, so that we choose to follow Him. He comes to meet us a little bit. He came to meet me in my um, struggles with what career to follow. He came with me, or came to me when I didn't know how to to raise support for our ministry. He came to me. He met me there, and then he uh, drew me, and and I was able to follow him. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. Today, I have no desire to uh, support myself in the way that I used to. I, you know, when people find out that I'm an English teacher or former English teacher, you know, they want me to to teach English. Or people ask me, you know, do you want to teach English online? That's quite a trend right now. I just have no desire to do that anymore. I've had enough late nights and and stresses in my budget and worked multiple jobs and and tried to invest different things that I, I don't care to support myself any longer. I love trusting in God to be my provider. Um, through the years, it felt like God was kind of making these disciples and kind of moving my dumplings in a way, right? He was making it difficult. I, I, this was my thinking when I was um, going through all this. But I know now that he was just helping me get closer and closer with him. Um, just like Master Shifu told Po that he could eat, he was really just giving in to Po's desires and meeting him where he was at. Knowing that Po was not going to learn Kung Fu, he was not going to listen to his master unless his master came to meet where he, uh, to meet him where he was. I feel like God gave me a small taste of what it's like to follow my own fleshly desires. But in the end, the most important lesson was that he helped me understand that it's so much better to follow him and to listen to him and be fully in line with my teacher, with my, with my leader, with my Lord. Psalm 34.4, in most of your translations, we'll say something like this. I sought the Lord and he answered me. And rescued me from all my fears. But there's one translation called the message. It's, a, it's more of a paraphrase. That says it in this way. And I really like this. God met me more than halfway. He, he came to meet me. He came where I was. And he freed me from my anxious fears. He took away that anxiety. He took away those things that, that I was trying to do on my own. That I wanted to, to do it the way. Uh, using my own wisdom. He freed me from that. He came to meet me. And he freed me from that. We're going to spend some time here in small groups. Um, if this is your first time, how it works is we're going to put you in a Zoom room. And I know the temptation is to, um, you know, or there, there might be a little bit of fear going in. It's a new group, but I, I just really encourage you uh, to join this. Um, if you're already in a gathering, we're going to put you in the gathering that you know. If not, we'll put you in, in another group. You will have 15 minutes to to discuss Uh, two or three questions. You have 15 minutes. And we just want you to engage everyone. Just just try to get everyone to give just some sort of answer. Um, It's not any pressure, but just just try to give some sort of answer. And um, if you're in your group and you find that you're without a leader, you can do a little rock, scissors, paper to uh, decide who your leader is going to be. So um, when you go in, if you need, go ahead and share your names. And then there's two, maybe three questions. Um, If you're a kid. If you've got kids in your group, hopefully you've downloaded the uh, activity booklet from the website, and there are some different questions in there for the kids, related, but a little bit uh, different and easier for them to answer. So here's your questions. The first one, what is a dream or passion you had when you were younger? It's kind of an icebreaker question. What's a dream or passion that you had when you were younger? Okay, and question two, you know, we know that God always wants the best for us, but has he ever kind of given in to something given in to you for something you desired, even though it wasn't best? Just kind of kind of like, OK, just kind of giving in, um, and if you don't mind sharing that. And then there's one optional question: If your group has extra time, maybe that you have a smaller group, or maybe everything just or everybody talks really fast, there's one extra question that says, "How has God used your disobedience?" or your resistance to him in order to train you. We, we learn from our mistakes and God teaches us through these things. And so how has God used that? So, um, we will go to breakout sessions now. Welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you had a good conversation with your groups. Um, Oh, I can take this off now. I hope you had a good conversation with your groups. Um, before we get into our next part, um, we've got another quiz for you. So get ready in the chat room. Get ready to type your answers. It's going to be A, B, or C. And China has this really interesting program called Panda Diplomacy, where they they don't uh, or as anyway they they will let you borrow or rent a panda. They you can't buy a panda. So all the pandas in the world belong to China. This is how zoos and things like that. So how much does it cost? To rent or borrow a panda. Sorry. All right. Sorry about the technical difficulties again. So we're going to do this movie quiz. And I want to know, um, in order to borrow or rent a panda from China, um, like for a zoo or something like that, how much would that cost? Do you think it's $1,000 per month? Do you think it's $10,000 per month? Or do you think it's a million dollars per year? So 1000 per month, 10000 per month or 1 million per year. Just type it in the chat area. Give me a few seconds here. All right. If you've got your answer in, if you guessed C, you are correct. It's a million dollars per year. See, And uh, that doesn't include all of the uh, bamboo that they eat. I, heard, I read that they, re, they eat 40 pounds of bamboo every day, so it's quite expensive to have a panda. Um, going back to our movie, I wanted to take you to that scene where Tai Lung is on the bridge and he says, finally, a worthy opponent, and he says this, Our battle will be legendary. Our battle will be legendary. And I want you to think, we're not going to go into the book of Revelation today, but have you ever read the book of Revelation? It might be a little bit too intimidating. might be a little too scary. But that, the book of Revelation, talks about this legendary battle that's going to happen at the end of the earth. And, you know, God is preparing us this life on earth God is preparing us for eternity. That's our, our next point. God is preparing us for eternity. So when we when we think about this legendary battle at the end of time, God is preparing us for that. But not only the battle, he's preparing us for this time that we get in heaven. I mean, I, I can't even fathom sometimes how long eternity is. So this 80 or 100 years is preparing us for the next millions upon millions upon millions. We can't even count uh, eternity. But this time on earth is preparing us for that. So um, at the end of every year, or the beginning of a new year, many of you might do rev- or re- resolutions, uh, New Year's resolutions. Um, yeah, my wife and I, we usually sit down and just kind of reflect on the year, reflect on the good things, on the bad things. And then we sit down and we talk about um, what's coming up. and And we were asking ourselves, why in the world did we choose, especially being back here in Korea, it's just so good to be home. And we're just questioning, why are we working in overseas missions? Why would we choose to go overseas? And not only that, why would God call us last year? Why, 2020 has been just such of a mess of a year. We haven't accomplished anything that we really set out to do you know we we're supposed to go to the mountains we couldn't do that we were supposed to see and build relationships it was very difficult to do that and so it actually got me thinking to when i came to korea i came to korea in 2008 and i i knew just enough that that god told me to come to korea but i had no idea why i didn't understand why it took me years even to kind of figure out to get some to get uh, my tires going a little bit and you know we had an effective ministry i would say we we worked here at the nations and and through relationships i feel like we have but but actually my my growth with god was more beneficial it seemed like i was benefiting more from my time in korea than anyone else and i was talking to god about that and he says that's the point the point is that my relationship with god grew so much and to me, that has been the greatest accomplishment I've had since going to Korea. My, my relationship with God is deeper than ever. Um, and then even moving to Nepal, even though we didn't really accomplish everything, uh, anything that we were, or had set out to do, um, my relationship with God is so much closer. I'm walking so much more in line with Him. I've learned that for Him to be my provider and to be my friend, to be my father, to really be my leader. It's been really, really good. And so when I think about plans and what I plan to do and what God's plan to do I think about Proverbs 16:9. I think many of you will recognize this. It says a man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. So my mind was that, you know, we we had a plan of what we were going to do and how we were going to had his own plan and that was to draw me closer to him and to, to, for me to see him as my leader. You know, God doesn't want us to be distracted by the cares of this world. He doesn't want us pursuing the cares of this world. He calls it the deceitfulness of wealth. So Mark four eighteen and 19 is where we find the parable of the seeds. And I'm just going to read a little bit of it. He says, others, other people are like seed sown among the thorns, these are the ones who hear the word, but the worries of this age, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So, you know, we, we have this 80 or 100 years that we're here on earth. We're here to, to prepare for eternity, to build a relationship with God. But these worries of the age, this deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things, these things that the world gives us, even just this desire for us to do it on our own and to make our own plan, they choke in and they make us become unfruitful. You know, if you, if you read through the book of Revelation, we know that God wins the battle. God wins the battle. It's already foretold. And he, we know he's the creator and we know that he's in control. And he's wanting to know during this time on earth, what team are we on? Are we using this time on earth to train our hearts and get ready for battle? Um, are, we ready, are we getting ready for our time in eternity? Or are we concerned more with the time that we have here on earth? Are we excited and anticipating those millions upon millions of years that we have in eternity? Or are we really distracted by this deceitfulness or these um, desires that we have here on earth? Matthew twelve thirty. this is Jesus speaking. He says, anyone who is not with me is against me. He makes a very clear line. Anyone who is not with me is against me. And anyone who does not gather with me scatters. Very, very clear that we need to choose what team we're on. Are we going to make God our leader? Are we going to follow him and follow the Holy Spirit? Or are we going to be distracted by the, uh, what the earth has to offer So 2020 may have been a difficult year for you. Um, Maybe you were struggling with life and purpose even before 2020, before the world has kind of changed in the last year. Um, Maybe you felt like you had life figured out, but you're finding that you're wrong and you're really evaluating these things. So I I want you to, I want to challenge you to ask God about this, to meet God. You know, was God coming to meet you? where you were just like he was coming to meet me and my anxiety and my um desires or um you know was that the only way to get to you are are there some distractions in life because that's where god was meeting you are you using this time to get closer to god um or are you still trying to follow your own fleshly desires your own worldly desires um that's the end of what i have but i i just really want you to keep asking god about this throughout the week um, if you're in a gathering or an upper room, start you know talk to them this week about life and purpose and distractions. That that's what they're there for. They're there for, so we can so we can um, share those things. If you're not a part of a gathering, if you're not a part of an upper room, I'd really encourage you to be a part of one. Um, I was able to join one even from um, overseas, um, and it's been just such an encouragement for me to where I can go once a week with these this group. That I know and that I'm getting to know and getting to know them better. They're getting to know me. We're praying for each other. It's just, I, I just, I can't encourage you enough to do that. So, once again, our verse for today, Philippians 1 6 says, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Such an encouragement that we can have that what God has started in us, what Jesus has started, that he's going to carry it on. He's going to. We just have to choose to follow him. We're going to end here with one last song, and we'll also put up information on how to give. We're moving our giving online. If you're a part of this church, I'd really encourage you uh, to give. I personally am just so, so grateful for the um, generosity and the the, um, the management that, that this church does with their finances. They send a huge percentage um, not only to us, but to other families and to the work that's been going on in Nepal. And we're just really, really grateful for that. So if you're looking for a place to give and get involved, um, you can uh, give with the with the information on the screen. So with that, I'm really thank- thankful for you, and we'll close out with all that.